Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are joined by Buccaneers.com senior writer and editor Scott Smith. But first, Leonard Fournette has agreed to a one-year deal with the Buccaneers. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story is that former Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette has reportedly agreed to a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers worth up to $3.5 million with incentives. David, the news came down on Wednesday that the Buccaneers were considered serious suitors for Leonard Fournette, and by Wednesday night, Leonard Fournette himself tweeted out a Photoshop jersey-swapped photo of himself in a Buccaneers uniform as Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport broke the news that the agreement had been made. Now, we reached out to Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked on Jaguars, to see what the Bucs were getting in Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was the fourth overall pick four years ago out of LSU. Look, everybody thought it was going to be the next Bo Jackson or the next Jim Brown. That never really materialized. But for the first three years of his uh, career, Leonard Fournette did not really have great quarterback play. Leonard Fournette did last year have 76 receptions and had over 1,100 yards rushing. The thing about Leonard Fournette that frustrates a lot of people is they say he doesn't miss, make people miss. He did, however, finish fourth or fifth, I believe, in yards after contact. But no, he's not trying to make people miss because what he does is he looks for contact. Leonard Fortinet has been trained to be a battering ram and to be better in his 25th carry than he was in his 15th carry. So he tries to wear people down. And I think a part of that is trying to use his physicality to wear people out. So he looks for contact. He doesn't look to go around people. Look for him to go to Tampa Bay and maybe be what LeGarrette Blunt was for Tom Brady at his other stop in New England. I think Fournette will have less production, but he'll have more meaningful production because he'll do it in bigger games, and the games will matter more. And I think he'll sort of redeem himself a little bit and have a better ending to his career than the beginning was. David, I know you were a little uh, hesitant about the potential of the move, but as I said earlier this week, if this came to fruition – I'm a big fan of it. Leonard Fournette being that complimentary guy to Ronald Jones. You can hit him with the speed and elusiveness of Ronald Jones. Then turn around, you hit him with the muscle and power of Leonard Fournette. This seems like a much better one-two punch for the Buccaneers in 2020 than they had with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber in 2019. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking for a complimentary running back duo, you're looking for that power and you're looking for that speed and agility uh, in one and then in the other. And yeah, I mean, 
as, as big of a fan of Peyton Barber as I am, I have to admit that, you know, Leonard Fournette brings a little bit more thump and a little bit more intimidation to his game than Peyton Barber does. So joining Ronald Jones in that backfield, uh, you know, you can see the logic behind it. Uh, again, like I said on the show, I was not really a buyer in all the hype of Leonard Fournette coming out of LSU. I didn't think his game was going to translate to the NFL very well. The injury concerns were there, and they've, they've reared their ugly head uh, during his professional career as well. So we'll have to see if he can even stay healthy. But I do like what Tony said there, kind of comparing him to LeGarrette Blount, uh, especially in, in Blount's New England days where he helped Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. And, and I see those parallels, and those parallels are really what gets me kind of excited for this move as much as I can be. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not uh, – don't get me wrong, I loved – uh, the edit image that, that Leonard Fournette shared from his agency. So I re, I shared it myself, you know, on Twitter and I put it on Facebook and, you know, I really dig it. And, and it very, it very much, you know, seeing him in the uniform and seeing that artwork definitely made me happy and got me a little bit excited for it, but let's not get everything overblown. There are a lot of people talking about, well, does this kill Ronald Jones as, you know, his fantasy outlook? Does it kill, you know, is he still running back one? And what made me happy is Bruce Arians coming out today saying that Ronald Jones absolutely is still running back one like Paige Demacos said on this show yesterday, that job is Ronald Jones's to lose. Nobody's going to take it from him. So unless Ronald Jones goes out there and puts up a stinker, can't pass block, can't, can't, can't get involved in the passing game, then he's going to have that RB1 job. So now it's up to him to just go out there and prove that he is better than Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette in their current form and that he's the better fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back group. As long as he goes out there and does that and takes care of his business, Ronald Jones is still the RB1. And I am perfectly fine with Leonard Fournette being an RB2 or a goal line guy or a short distance guy. I just don't, I'm not going to be fully on board with Leonard Fournette being an RB1, which it doesn't seem like he's going to be until I see the proof in the pudding, which is going to come on the field. And, and granted, give him a little bit of grain of salt with the Jacksonville Jaguars situation. Not exactly a successful dynamic for really anybody there. But until I see it, you know, successfully on the field with the Buccaneers, I'm going to have a little bit of hesitation and getting totally excited. All right. Well, David, plenty more to talk about with Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, who we have coming up in just a moment. But first, of course, we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bars are great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in the most delicious of treats. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. And look, they brought back some classic flavors that everybody loves. Banana bread, mint brownie, orange, raspberry, German chocolate, coconut almond. But they're also dropping six new flavors that you can order right now today. Apple almond crisp, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and cherry bar seeds. The Cherry Barcia Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. For those of you that took advantage of the last offer that we had with Built Bar, you know, $10 off your first order, guess what? You get to use this offer now because it's no longer on your first order. No, no, no. You go to BuiltBar.com and you use promo code Locked On, and you are going to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. 
Back here to end the week on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Joining us now, as promised, is the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, Scott Smith. One of our favorite people, as you guys well know, and even more now tonight because, full disclosure, we had a massive Zoom technological meltdown. And, Scott, you are graciously, I can't tell you how much I owe you. Our audience owes you, not directly, but through us, uh, that you are sticking around to re-record our segment with you. Uh, so welcome again, Scott Smith, for the second time this week to the Locked On Books podcast. Again, can't appreciate you enough. I know you're not you're not going to like me saying that over and over again, but I mean <laughs> I mean it from the depths of my soul. <laughs> from the depths of your soul. <laughs> hey, it's no big deal at all. Um, happy to do it. I just I just don't know if I'm going to be able to drop all the witty bon mots that I did in the last one and just completely knock your guys' socks off with all my intelligent analysis. I hope I can duplicate it. I mean, I hope so. It was some amazing. I mean, I can't tell you when I got the error message on Zoom, just the, the my heart literally fell out of my chest. I, just, I mean, I, I was nailing it so much that, I mean, you guys were basically nearly passing out and writhing on the floor <laughs> in, in just in awe of my incredibly incredible analysis, if I remember correctly. I, I, it's kind of it was kind of like that, right? No lies detected. I mean, you are not far off. I was actually on the verge of saying that was probably the best time we've had with you on this show. <laughs> In all Great. your in all your appearances, I'll like, never be able to do it again. Complete <laughs> honesty, like it was such a fun conversation. It really was. But we're all right, gonna, let's try to get it. Let's try to do it again. Then there you <laughs> go. We're going to bring as much of that firepower as we can to this okay. uh, recording. Um, so Scott, starting off obviously with the biggest headline is Leonard Fournette uh, reportedly agreeing to terms, not yet officially signing with the team. Uh, however, agreeing to terms to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and going back to when the fir- the news first hit that Leonard Fournette was being released by the Jacksonville Jaguars waived, um, I honestly, I read it. I kind of passed on from it. We did talk about it a little bit on the podcast. I even said that. I just don't see it happening. It uh, wasn't something I thought was going to be necessary, especially given how Bruce Arians has, had, has been so confident about Ronald Jones and then the addition of LaShawn McCoy. Going back to when you heard the news for the first time, did you have any pause? Did you think that it might be something that would work out for the Buccaneers? Um, and now that he's actually on his way to town, how do you see the roles of Jones, Fournette, and McCoy shaping out in 2020? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. He's not he, – he hasn't signed yet, so I can't really talk about that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fortunately for us, Bruce Arians answered a lot of questions about it, which pretty much releases us to be able to talk about – it. And I'm the same way you were when he got first got uh, waived. Um, I, yeah, obviously you think about, hmm, could he be a fit down here? Is that somebody we'd go after? And initially I, I thought he'd be much more likely to go play someplace like maybe Chicago where there's a more obvious immediate um, path to taking over the starting job, especially with David Montgomery injured. But, injured, but um, then you started th- – then I guess it was maybe the next day Bruce Aarons was asked about it. And he didn't say no. You know, he's a pretty straightforward guy. I think if we had no interest at all, he probably would have said something. We're very happy with what we got. We don't, you know, we're we're set in our backfield. But he said, we'll see. And then I started thinking, okay, maybe this is something the Buccaneers will consider. And then obviously the rumors started coming out and, uh, and it accelerated pretty rapidly after that. Um, so I guess by the time it happened, I wasn't too surprised. In fact, I went ahead and wrote a story about it just in case to give to our people. We haven't been able to post it yet, but that's how, that's how far I had gotten to this could actually happen. Yeah, it's it, exactly like you said. I mean, when David and I talked about it earlier this week, what really did jump out to me was the fact that Bruce Arian said, I believe the the exact quote was, we'll have to see where he fits. And it's like, it seemed like he had already decided, like, this is a guy that we're going to go after. And it, it continued to just 
stack what has already been billed as a stacked Buccaneers team and and all the talk, all the rage on NFL Network, NFL Radio, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, all these guys are talking about how just unbelievably talented this Buccaneers roster is. But when you take a step back and you take a look at the way this team is constructed, what area of the team do you look at and you think, man, if we have one guy go down, all of this could crumble in a real quick hurry. All right. Well, you guys have to act like this is the first time I said it, and it's a big surprise to you now. Um, (laughs) I've actually been asked this question multiple times on various shows and have been pretty straight with my answer that it would be outside linebacker because you got an awesome starting duo in Shaq and JPP, and and from everything – Everybody is saying Shaq is having an amazing camp, and he looks slippery is the word everybody's saying recently. Um, and then you have Anthony Nelson as your third, and, and the team's very, very high on Anthony Nelson being a very good replacement for Carl Nassib. And basically you mostly just use three guys if they're all healthy. Um, and then after that, I mean, and then even Anthony Nelson, is as high as everybody is on him, he doesn't have an NFL sack yet. He's not proven yet. Um, and then everybody else after him, Cousin Daniels, Cam Gill, Quentin Bell, Michael Divinity, no matter what nice things have been said about them in camp, none of them are proven at all. And so if you have some depth issue, if somebody goes down, you're relying on some guys that really have to step up that haven't done it before. So that was that was my answer. That wasn't the case until we had that scrimmage at the stadium on Friday and Carlton Davis got a little banged up, had a little bit of a shoulder injury, and then he didn't practice for, I don't know, three or four, maybe – maybe two or three days. Uh, and coach said it wasn't a big deal. But when a guy starts missing practices in a row, you start thinking maybe this could affect the start of the regular season. And then I started thinking, if we don't have Carlton Davis, so we don't have our intact trio that was so good at the end of last year of Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Jamel Dean, which looks like a real tr- uh, ascending trio of cornerbacks, who's next? Who, who steps in now? Is it Ryan Smith, who – frankly has been pretty underwhelming in the chances he's got to start or play a lot on defense. You know, is it, is it Mazzy Wilkins who, you know, they like a lot, but he hasn't played much. Is it Parnell Motley, the the camp star there, everybody loves, but he's hurt right now. And then it goes back to what I pound the table on over and over again is that cornerback depth is so hard to develop and maintain in the NFL. And, and it's it's not often you go you can go four or five deep with guys that you feel good about. So honestly, if we were down one of those three corners, that would probably be the thing that worries me the most. Yeah, and Scott, speaking of cornerbacks, of course, uh, undrafted free agent rookie Parnell Motley out of Oklahoma has made a lot of noise this year during training camp. Unfortunately, also banged up uh, in that scrimmage. And uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you and Casey were talking and you were fielding some questions from some fans, and you were asked which undrafted free agent rookie you would predict to make. The roster, if you had to, and you picked, this is the second time I'm asking this question, second time I'm going to mess up his name, John Molshan. Molshan? I think you got it right the first time. Molshan, okay. Um, that's who you picked then, and obviously, the, you know, the answer made a lot of sense then, and of course, right after that episode published is when Parnell Motley started going off yeah. uh, in training camp. So my question to you really is, I mean, uh, again, never underestimate the, the coaching's, coach's ability to get two young players on the roster if they really want them, but if you were forced into a corner and Parnell Motley was healthy to start the 2020 season, would your answer still be Molshan or would you go with Motley? I would have to change my answer at this point. Like you said, Parnell really started to heat up and was making plays all the time. And you know, you know, a young guy is doing well when 
Coach Arians, after a couple days of being asked about him, does that flip where he goes, all right, let's not make this guy an all-pro just yet. You know, <laughs> he gets tired of being asked about the same guy, and that's what happened with Parnell. But you can't deny the fact that he's out there on defense making plays and getting his hands on the football and catching it when he has the chance. And I just did my whole rant about how cornerback depth is hard to find, and I don't think you let a talented corner go. And I'll tell you, there's actually a technical reason why I would go with Motley now, and that's because of the new, uh, the adjusted injured reserve rules for this year because of the COVID situation. As you guys know, um, previously you could keep two, and they were going to change it to three this year before all this. You could have two guys that you brought back from injured reserve, but usually they had to be out about eight weeks. Uh, Now this year you can bring – anybody back it's unlimited the number of times you can do that and they can be on injured reserve as short as three weeks so you could take a guy like Carnell Parnell Motley first of all you for that to work they first have to make it through the cut of 53 to the regular season roster Um, if you put a guy on injured reserve now he's done for the year so you could take Parnell Motley if he's not quite ready to go and you think he's a couple of weeks away from being able to return to the field you can release, you can keep him on 53, and then once you're through that, maybe you cut Mazzy Wilkins. I don't know. Once you're through that, you um, you then put Parnell on injured reserve and re-sign Mazzy, something like that. I'm, I don't have any ins- inside information on this happening. That's just a, a scenario that I'm throwing out there. And so I think technically speaking, that would be the answer to your question because he would make the 53-man roster to begin the season, even if he then ended up briefly on injured reserve. And that's why I think I have to go with Motley. So I'm going to hate answering this question again because you and James thoroughly debunked the theory in the first recording, but I have to because it's a question that I wanted to ask and I want our listeners to hear it anyway. Um, on yesterday's, yesterday's episode, Paige DeMacos from the TDN Fantasy Podcast and Draft Network course told us that if there was one Buccaneer every Buccaneers fan should target in fantasy football and no matter what league, what format you're playing, it would be wide receiver Chris Godwin, which of course made James extremely happy. Also made me happy because I just drafted him in my dynasty league that we're playing at the Locked On Podcast Network uh, with some other hosts. You're pretty good at fantasy football as well, no matter what you say. Um, given what you've seen from this offense, what you already know about these weapons, if given the opportunity to draft both, would you recommend this being a good season to possibly draft both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to your fantasy team? Well, all I'd say about the fantasy thing is if you saw my results last year, you would not think I'm a good fantasy player. That being said, um, I'm, I'm not a proponent. I, I try to avoid getting multiple guys on the same offense uh, if I can. I mean, maybe a late pick uh, from the same team. Um, so I probably wouldn't take that approach. I was in one fantasy draft so far in Chris, 12 teams, and Chris Godwin went six picks into the second round, so 18th overall. I think he was maybe the fourth receiver taken. And then Mike Evans went either late second or right at the beginning of the third. And um, in addition to the fact that I don't like taking two guys from the same team, um, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it is my point. It, because if you're doing a standard um, – snake draft back and forth. If Chris Godwin is going middle of the second round, then you'd have to get him middle of the second round and Mike Evans middle of the third round. And I don't think you're going to be able to get Mike then. You'd have to be maybe around the turn in the second and third round and hope Chris and Mike both make it that far. And I just don't think that's going to happen very often. So even if you wanted to get both of them, unless you're going to use a first round pick on one of them, uh, which isn't happening a lot in drafts because there's a big emphasis on running backs this year. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be tough. Like I brought up in 
our previous recording. Yeah, I had taken Godwin with the third pick in the second round. He was uh, the second receiver off the board in our draft. And then Evans went four picks later. And I told Paige yesterday, uh, I I was on the cusp of drafting Chris Godwin over Michael Thomas if I had to make that choice. Wow. Michael Thomas had 149 catches last year. Is this a PPR league? Uh, half point PPR, yeah. Wow. James is a huge Michael Thomas hater. This is accurate. <laughs> it started with his time at Ohio State and then just spilled over into New Orleans. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he does when he doesn't have Breeze throwing him little five-yard passes nonstop every game. I mean, Chris Godwin could put up those numbers, too, if he got 6,000 targets a year. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> but he doesn't. But that's the point. When you're evaluating these guys from a fantasy standpoint, Chris Godwin is not going to get the targets that Michael Thomas is, is going to get. That's all right. I'll, I'll win without him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of New Orleans – you know, by time this show releases, we are going to be nine days away from the Bucks traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. You know, week one, we've, we finally made it, Scott. What are you expecting to see out of these two teams, especially in a stadium that is known for how loud and rambunctious it can get, but there won't be any fans there? I'll tell you what, um, if there's one good thing about COVID, uh, it's that I don't have to go to the Superdome this year. I hate that place. <laughs> I hate that place. Uh, just so you guys know, I'm not traveling. Most of us are not. Uh, our entire team has only got two spots on the plane. The NFL recently restricted it even more to how many non-players can travel. And, you know, if you're a photographer or a videographer, you absolutely have to be there to do your job. So they get the spots. So I'm not traveling. I'll miss a game for just the second time. And I- I've been to 572 uh, – out of the last 573 Buccaneers games. Wow. Um, but that's about to come to an end. Um, I hate that place. And, yeah, there's going to be no fans there, but come on, they're going to pump pump in that noise. I don't trust teams, other teams, to do to follow the rules. I, I, I'm really hot about this subject. Um, I don't understand why more people aren't annoyed by it. Uh, I was at the scrimmage on Friday at Raymond James Stadium where they were – they were using the crowd noise the way supposedly it's supposed to be maximum of 85 decibels and nonstop. So you don't ebb and flow. You don't do more for your home team. I mean, more when the opposing team's offense is on the field than your home team, it's supposed to be even. So it's just a three hour wall of noise. You can't hear somebody six feet away from you. Tom Brady, who didn't complain about it. He kind of thought he kind of seemed like he was laughing about it afterwards. He said he had to yell the entire time. So why? Why are we doing this? Why are we creating an artificial obstruction for both quarterbacks when you don't have to? I've heard players, I've heard it said that players want crowd noise to make it feel more like a game. Well, how about crowd noise that's at 40 decibels or something where you can still hear, but you get the feel of the game? I don't understand why you would purposely put some, an obstacle, a hurdle in front of both quarterbacks when you don't have to. Put the, put, the, put the crowd noise on the broadcast as they're capable of doing. So when you're watching it at home, you, you hear it like it's a regular game. But in the stadium, they aren't faced with that, that obstacle. And I'm sorry I'm ranting here, but I, it just bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, it's, it's not an ideal situation. I think, honestly, the NHL has done a pretty good job. But, of course, it's hard for us to tell at home 
what the players are hearing as far as the piped-in crowd noise versus what's being pumped in via the broadcast. But I think overall you've kind of heard the ebbs and flows of the NHL broadcasts. Uh, you know, I'm assuming that's what the players are hearing. Hearing, But, yeah, to me it, it, it does seem like a lot to do with – it's overdoing things. There's no need for it. More with Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com coming up right after this. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast, having an absolutely outstanding conversation for the second time with Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com. It is time to head into the semi-rapid-fire round of the interview. And I say semi because this first question was supposed to be kind of a quick answer, and then David created an entirely new world around it. He set up parameters and rules that you have to follow. He wants an explanation. So it's the least rapid, rapid-fire question humanly possible. He's and I'm gonna, world, He's a real world builder, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to kick it over to him so that he can explain it and you can be mad at him and you're not just me. Gonna, you're just going to wash your hands with this whole thing, right? It, exactly. That, All right. That's what a good co-host does. He just leaves it to the <laughs> other guy. Um, so, Scott, you actually already know the rules because we've done this before. And I don't remember. For, <laughs> okay. there, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, Scott, the first question we're going to ask you is for your 2020 Buccaneers hidden hero. And so what we're looking for here is a, is a Buccaneers player that maybe some Buccaneers fans know well, uh, love staying on the table for themselves, but the national media, the people outside of Tampa and the Buccaneers fandom probably don't know. And the criteria that we're looking for here are guys who are not surefire Hall of Famers, guys who are not perennial all pros, perennial pro bowlers, and recent NFL top 100 list members. So guys like Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin uh, are not available and then the real rub of it, and then the real hard part you're going to have being the last guest of the week is that you can't pick a player who was already picked by another guest. So to recap those players this week, Carmen Vitale on Monday chose linebacker Devin White, who, uh, again, we've said it kind of over and over this week, is probably the nearest uh, player to being a candidate without actually being a candidate. So she kind of went with the low-hanging fruit there. Tyler or Taylor Jenkins, rather, a Pew Report, went with Cam Brait. Greg Almond of The Athletic went with Ali Marpet. Paige Demakos of the Draft Network went with Rojo. And then she also snuck in Levante David because I forgot to throw in the NFL Top 100 uh, classification there for the, for the to eliminate him and his Pro Bowl and All-Pro uh, bid or far enough in history that he would have qualified outside of that. So we, we let her get away with that because we love her and because Levante deserves any opportunity to get some spotlight uh, that, he, that he can get. So, Scott, those players are off the board. Those are the parameters so now we need your final candidate, our final candidate for the week. Bucks Nation is going to vote on the overall winner that they want to see be the 2020 oh. Buccaneers hidden hero. You didn't tell me that the first time. That's new information. <laughs> I now did, I'm, really, now I'm really motivated. I didn't know about the vote. Now I'm motivated. All right, here we go. Uh, first of all, I feel like I'm in a fantasy draft. And I'm picking fourth, and for some reason nobody picked Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, or Alvin Kamara. Nice. Or Ezekiel Elliott, and they're all sitting there for me because you didn't take anybody off my list. When when you first read me this question, I underlined three guys on this depth chart I got next to me, and you didn't nail any of them. So basically my problem here is picking which one of these I like the most. Uh, and so 
Also, I'd like to point out that I agree with you that Devin White was low-hanging fruit, but at least it's a guy that you can say is is going to take a leap forward this year. When it comes to Ali Marpet and Levante David, you're just basically saying those guys are going to get more attention this year because they're already great players, right? My guy is a guy that's going to take a leap, and my guy is Scotty Miller. Love it. Thank you. I was I was pausing there so I could get some love. Um <laughs> Okay, so we all have heard, you guys have heard lots of positive stuff coming out of our camp about Scotty Miller. Um, Justin Watson, too, but especially Scotty Miller. He's got this chemistry with Drew Brees, I mean, Drew Brees, with Tom Brady. Um, he did a great job in the scrimmage. Uh, he's, he's getting open deep. He's, he's, he's bulked up a little bit. Um, he's a more confident guy this year. And and all those things are good, so it makes you think, okay, if I were guessing who's going to be the Bucks' primary third receiver, that's Scotty Miller, and that wouldn't be a real big surprising prediction. But what I'm saying is, is if Scotty Miller on this offense with nobody getting hurt has six or seven hard, six or 700 yards receiving, that's a hidden gem that you didn't see coming, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's possible. I really honestly think it's possible. I, I think there are times when Tom Brady is going to be looking for Scotty Miller, even when he's got Mike Evans and Chris Goblin running around out there. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people around, not, not in Tampa, not you guys, but some people around the league have this misconceived notion that Scotty Miller is just the next Julian Edelman or Wes Welker for Tom Brady, the slot guy that he's going to throw a lot of passes to out of the slot. And that's why he's going to have huge numbers. That's not really what Scotty Miller is. He, he might see some time in the slot, but Chris Godwin is our stud slot guy. And they're not going to change that because he's so good at it. He led the NFL in yards on passes caught over the middle of the field. Scotty Miller is a guy you can put on the outside with Godwin in the in the slot, and he can take the top off the defense. And sometimes that's a decoy, but sometimes he's getting open deep. And uh, I just think he's going to have a, a string of big plays. And I, I think there's a very real chance he gets to six or seven hundred yards. And if that's the case, uh, he's the best answer to this question. I absolutely love that answer, and I'm going to ask a question that I didn't ask last time, and I was a little disappointed in myself for not asking. Since you are the last one and you're not, you know, giving away any any trade secrets, who are the other two guys on your list? Jamel Dean. Love it. And OJ Howard. Oh. Ooh. Like because it. because Rob Gronkowski's arrival here is is understandably and correctly exciting. And there's a chance he's the Rob Gronkowski that gets, you know, eight or nine hundred yards, but I'm not sure that's necessarily gonna happen. I think um I think he's actually going to help OJ Howard quite a bit. And OJ's, I think OJ's going to be a different player this year. I think he's got a better feel for the offense. And um, I think it's possible that OJ has more production than Rob Gronkowski this year. And if that's the case, I think that would be a little bit of a surprise. But to go back to my first answer, Jamel Dean, everybody's loving Carlton Davis as well. They should, but I think Jamel Dean is the guy that, that next takes the leap to being as good as Carlton Davis. Yeah, those are all very solid answers. You could have gone with any of them, and, and it would have made it a lot of sense. But I got to say, I mean, you know, we try not to, to sway people as much as possible. I got to say, Scotty Miller is my favorite answer of the entire mix for, for everything that you just said. And, and he's a guy that I'm very excited to see in 2020 uh, because, again, like, like I said before, um, 
you know, considering everything that he went through in his rookie season and the fact that he was still able to, to produce pretty well in the small window of, of opportunity that he got for the team last year, I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with a full year of, of experience, you know, game film watching, practicing, getting being around those guys like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, even Brashad Perryman. I remember talking him, talking to him last year when I was in Tampa, and he gave all those guys a lot of credit. Uh, Brian Mitchell as well was another one he gave credit to is helping him get ready through his injuries and getting those mental reps and kind of understanding what he's seeing when he's watching film so that he could apply it on the field. And I think that when he did get on the field, even in, again, that small sample size, he did a lot with that time period. So if he can stay healthy, he's been healthy through camp, been able to get a full training camp under his belt. If he can stay healthy in the regular season with a quarterback like Tom Brady, like you're saying, Scott is, is looking for him when those opportunities arise. I, I'm a huge fan of Scott. I'm stashing him on my fantasy roster. In fact, because I, I agree, I think Scotty Miller could be uh, call it a breakout player, whatever you want to call it, a hidden hero for this team in 2020. I really like it's the last one. And the fact that you were able to get what I feel is the best answer at the end of the week just kind of speaks to why we had you on uh, here at the end of the week. Oh, well, thanks. Hey, more on Scotty Miller. Think about the fact that 12 months ago, around when the 2019 draft was happening, he, he made it, he told us afterwards in interviews that he wasn't getting a lot of attention uh, until really just a couple weeks before the draft. And then some teams started looking into him, including the Buccaneers, obviously. And so this is a guy that probably at the beginning of April last year didn't think he was going to get drafted. So you could see this guy, six-round pick, surprised to be drafted, out of Bowling Green, comes to the Buccaneers, loaded offense, even though we didn't have Tom Brady, it was still a loaded offense. That guy, you could see it being big for him. I don't know if it was. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I could see it being kind of a little bit overwhelming, uh, especially when he's being asked to play a big role in the offense, as he was on a couple occasions. This year, Scotty Miller knows he's an NFL player. You can tell in his interviews, this this dude's confidence is at a def, is at a totally different level this year. And and I, I just think he knows what he's going to do. and uh, And that's another reason why I'm really high on him this year. All right. Well, Scott, are you ready to get to the actually rapid portion of the rapid fire? I am ready. I am strapped in. All right. And these are questions that you've never, ever heard before. Never once. Not one time. (laughs) All right. What Buccaneers tight end is going to lead the team in snaps? OJ Howard. What Buccaneer tight end is going to lead the team in receptions? OJ Howard by a little bit. By a little bit. Are we saying like over under like 10, 10, five to 10. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. I agree with you there. Thank you. Thank you. And what Buccaneer tight end will lead the team in touchdowns? Cody McElroy. I don't believe that for one second. Well, I just had to switch it up from last time. (laughs) Uh, Rob Gronkowski. And David had asked me, uh, to go ahead and throw this additional rapid-fire question at you that we couldn't ask anybody else for obvious reasons. But, Scott, what Buccaneer running back is going to lead the team in snaps? (laughs) I wish I wasn't. This is the part where I'm not happy that I'm last in the week because that's really hard. Um, (laughs) That's a really hard question. I'm not going to lie. I'm saying Ronald Jones – but I wish I could answer that like four weeks from now when we've had maybe three games and see if Ronald Jones is indeed holding off Leonard Fournette for the starting job. The thing about Ronald Jones is I'm not sure with both Fournette and Shady McCoy here, if he's really going to have much of a role on third downs, 
And so, you said, is this one carries or snaps? Uh, snaps. So that that's what makes me. I said Ronald Jones the first time through, but I'm I'm struggling with that because I just don't know if he's going to play on third downs that much. So I'm going to change my answer. So this is the one good thing that came out of a re-recording is I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. Oh, I like it. I like it. Now, which running back is going to lead the team in carries? I'm still going to stick with Ronald Jones for now and think that um, there will be a, he'll have a little bit of a um, advantage over Fournette in that regard, get more carries per game when it's all said and done. But Fournette, of course, may be more of a role in the passing game. That's why he might have more snaps, but Jones might end up with more carries. Which running back will lead the team in touchdowns? I'm st- I'm going to stick with Ronald Jones because he was really okay. good. Uh, he was really good around the, in- the around the end zone last year, inside the five yard line. He he did a good job of converting his opportunities into touchdowns, and the team knows that. And uh, so I think they'll still rely on him to get the ball in. And finally, Scott, what is your win loss prediction for the 2020 Buccaneers? Yeah, boy. Um, Okay, so to get to my number, I have to say first that I I do think that this plan, this whole, this is all going to work. All these additions, this you know, super teams, as some people might call this, with the players we're signing, don't always work out. We saw it happen in Philadelphia. I think it's going to work. So I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be a winning team, a playoff team. But I also have to acknowledge that the the Saints are in our division. And I think they're going to be very, very good this year, too. So it's, it's hard for me to go too far. And that's why I'm going to top out at 11 and 5. I was really hoping that in between recordings, you decided to climb that hill with me, Scott. But I, I respect the decision. Well, the, I actually recorded it. I'm just replaying the recording. There you go. But, yeah. oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> I should have told you guys I had the recording. We wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Scott. I kind of, I kind of, I was waiting for the 13 and three actually to come out as well. So I'm glad that you stuck to your guns and you stayed with Carmen and myself in in the in the right area. Although I guess I'd I'd be thrilled with 11 wins. I I hope James is right, but I'd be thrilled with 11 wins. Yeah, and I think all three of us would be happy to to, to be wrong and for James to be correct, even though that's an amount of gloating I don't want to have to live through. Oh yeah, no kidding. Ouch, on both accounts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, where can everyone find all the incredible stuff that you are doing? Well, obviously, Buccaneers.com. And we had the training camp live shows all through camp. That's over now. But we are going to start up again next week on our Wednesday live shows on Facebook. So, get your, you know, you can ask us questions. Uh, we love that. That's the whole point of the show, really. Um, Scott S. Bucks on Twitter. Uh, the Bucks app, I think it has been improved this year. So put that on your phone. Um, yeah, I guess that would be it. Uh, well, oh, well let me let me plug my podcast too with with Jeff Ryan, uh, Salty Dogs. Uh, one of the great things about it is we're we're trying to try to get as many rookies on as possible as our guests. So getting letting fans get a little bit of a glimpse into what these rookies are like because in this year it's just so hard to, to connect with these guys. So, um, it's an opportunity for us to just kind of get a little bit closer look at what, what makes these guys tick. Yeah. Always, always great stuff over on that podcast. Scott, again, we thank you so, so much, especially for, for doing this twice. Yeah. David and I each owe you probably like four beers. Like next time we, we are able to get together, we, uh, drinks are on us. 
What, so you're each going to buy me four beers? Yes. Yeah, sure. Well, I better have a, uh, I better, I better have Uber ready then. We won't, well, we won't record anything that happens after the eighth beer. We promise. And it can be spread out over a couple of days. It doesn't okay. have to be in one sitting. One thing that we did in the first one that I, I want to make sure I was talking about Ray Calais on our Calais on our uh, podcast and just pointing out that his name, his last name is pronounced Calais, not Calais. 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 And that is definitely something I've been messing up all off season. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. And I feel kind of stupid about it at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, again, Scott, brother, thank you so, so much. We absolutely love having you on the show and the amount of time that you took to spend with us tonight. It really, it means a lot. Oh, no problem. I'm, I'm more than happy to do it every time. And, uh, if you guys want to record a third one, just to be, just to be safe, let's go, (laughs) let's go. Let's do it right now. Well, we will uh, we will get you back on far sooner than later. We'll uh, well, I was going to say we'll have to find out how the noise was in the in the dome, but you said you're not going, so not going. Uh, you'll be watching. I didn't go to a, the Giants game in 1993 because then owner Hugh Culverhouse decided too many people were traveling and every department had to lose a guy, and I was the low man on the totem pole in PR back then. Mm. That's the only game I've missed. In 28 years. Uh, well, so it, we're, we're going to put an asterisk next to these missed games because yeah. there's you just you got no control. But you'll be yes. you'll be stuck Perfect. watching it on TV with the rest of us schlubs. Let's just make sure to point out that I'm not complaining because there are many other uh, consequences of this pandemic that are far worse than me not getting to take eight road trips this year. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, Scott, have an absolutely incredible uh holiday weekend and we can't thank you enough for for coming on with us my pleasure thanks guys good talking to you you too a million thank yous once again to scott smith david we are out of time look we appreciate each and every one of you we got so many voicemails about leonard fournette but we already had this week already scheduled up uh you know with this with this entire catch-up theme We are going to do a deeper dive into Leonard Fournette on Monday's episode. If you have any thoughts or questions regarding anything Buccaneers related, give us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.